Hey guys, how are you all? Um, as you know from the past and uh, last show, the show before, I'm pretty much off at the moment with a knackered back and uh, so sitting down is pretty much the only thing that I can comfortably do at the moment. Um, but as you might imagine, after a week or so of it, it gets quite boring. So no shooting for me recently. Um, no, no shooting for me since the, the last podcast that you heard. Um, so what I'm trying to do to fill some time is, in my studio, is sort of tidy, tidy my desk. It doesn't sound like a very appealing thing to talk about, which is why I got bored of that and thought I'd try and I have a ramble to you guys instead. So I'm just going to have a little chat about a few things that are coming up, a lot of things that I'm up to, and if it's interesting, I'll release it. <laughs> um, so what have we got? At the tail end of last year, <coughs> excuse me, I think I think it was the, so some point in November, I was, <coughs> excuse me, I was, I put a post out on the Negative Positives page um, asking on people's opinions on the Olympus 35 RC type cameras, you know, their little compact range finders. Um, because I don't know if it's cropped up in a show before, but I'm a bit of a I, I like I love Olympus cameras. Um, all of the ones of theirs that I've got, I shoot fairly regularly. Got a bit of a collection, I suppose. Um, I've got an OM1, I've got all the what you would call the good Mew series, like the Mew 1, the Mew 2, I've got a couple of Mew 3s and the few zooms, they're all cool. Um, Got a Trip 35 and a few of the um, sort of cheaper end point and shoots. Um, what are they? First one that kind of comes to mind at the moment is uh, an Olympus AF10 Super. Sounds a lot uh, sounds a lot more super than it actually is, if I'm honest. Um, but I haven't got any of the of the rangefinders, so I put out on the on the page like, hey, is any any I know people use these. What are the opinions? What are I know it's subjective, but what are sort of the best ones? What are your thoughts on getting one of these cameras? And obviously that's all subjective and had a lot of lot of feedback. So like, oh this one's the best, that one's the best, oh well you never know until you try it, all of that. And then Toby Toby Vanderveld, a really kind member of the group, sent me a sent me a message saying, Hey, I've got a I think it was a 35RC. Um I absolutely love it, but I'm willing to uh, send it to you to try for a little bit if you like. Which I thought was really, really good of him. Because I mean, I chatted to Toby a bit online, but I've only met him once um, in in real life. And yeah, I think that's a really cool thing to do for someone that you don't really know. So I counteracted. I messaged Toby back saying, "Thank you. That's that's really kind." And offered him a deal instead. Um, and I said, "Okay, you send me your your 35 RC, and I will send you a camera of mine, a similar camera." And what we'll do, if you want, is we'll write, we'll use each other's cameras for a couple of weeks or however long it ends up being, and we'll write a little piece about about each camera. And we agreed to that, and then so we got put on the back burner for a little bit, and he messaged me, he sent me a text the other day saying, hey, we're we still up for this, let's get it done, basically. So he's sending me his 35RC, and I'm sending him, what I think is quite a similar camera, a Ricoh 500G. Now I don't think I've really, 
I don't think I've talked about this camera on the on the show before, so I apologise if I did. I'm not going to do a full full review of it because I can't really be bothered if I'm being honest and frank. But what is it? So it's a let me just put the mic down again. Hope you can still hear me properly. It's as I said, a 35 millimeter rangefinder camera. This one is in surprisingly good nick. Doesn't look like it's really ever been used. I've run probably about I don't know half a dozen, seven or eight maybe rolls through this camera. And it's actually a real, it's a joy to use. So it's a, you can shoot it on fully manual, so you can set your, your aperture um, from 800, which is the maximum, all the way down to 25, which is quite cool. That's quite a nice, quite a nice broad range, especially going up to 800. Um, and you can select your shutter speed, you've got shutter speeds from bulb, all the way up to uh, a 500th of a second, which isn't, massive but it's never really been a problem to me and you can set your aperture from f16 to 2.8 so you can run it fully manual there is also on the aperture ring um, an a setting which i'm assuming is auto aperture i never used it to be honest i never really paid any attention to it but i assume it's auto aperture and you set your your shutter speed from there and it picks the correct um there, picks the correct aperture. So what's that? Is that shutter priority, I suppose? Yeah, you set the shutter and it sets the aperture. Anyway, I never used I never used that because I don't feel the need to. But I prefer to work with, with manual. But it's a lovely little camera. Have a little listen to it. That's the wind on, sounds great. And the shutter. One of the things I do love about this camera, and it's really ridiculous, I love it, but the shutter button, I know you can't see it, is uh, it looks a bit like, um, it looks like, what it should look, what it looks like is it should be uh, a plunger on like a cartoon uh, box of TNT. That's what it looks like. It looks kind of like a mushroom. So it sticks out above everything else, and it's this polished, sort of, not chrome, but chrome looking thing that you can screw a cable release into. It's really nice, it was really nice on the, on your finger. Nice little camera. So it's got a 40mm f2.8 uh, Riconon lens, so just the, the Ricoh lens in it. Rangefinder patch, if I'm honest, it's, well, I think it's a little bit dim, um, but I don't have much experience with other rangefinders to know whether that's that's normal. Uh, last year, I, I actually had this camera with me when I met up with Hamish and a few others um, at... John Whitmore's dark shed, and he had a look at it, and we were talking about the rangefinder, and he was like, "Yeah, it's quite dim." I don't know if you remember, if Hamish remembers this. Hamish doesn't this. This one I'm talking about. Um, but I had a look through one of his. He had one of his Leicas there, one of his Leica rangefinders, and I looked through that, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" The rangefinder, rangefinder patch, and that was like as bright as the sun. This obviously isn't like that, but it does look over it now. And there's a definite yellow patch. Maybe it's not dim. Maybe it's just a little bit small. I don't know. But anyway, I think this is a lovely camera. It's a beautiful little camera. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. Toby's sending me his 35RC, I think it is, and I'm sending him this Ricoh 500G. I, not long after getting it, I changed the light seals in it. I say light seals. If you, um, so if you Google this camera, there are several different models of the 500. I forget offhand what they are. There's the 500G, the 500 this, I think there's maybe a 500GX possibly. Um, and although they look pretty much the same, 
and when you open the back they look to me pretty much the same they have different light seals which is really odd so in the other models so say the gx or whatever it is you open it up and there's a load loads and loads of foam all in the back and it looks when i first saw it i was like someone's just gone overboard with changing the light seals and it just that just looks ridiculous but apparently that is how they came from the factory like with just loads of foam and if you look at the 500g there's barely any foam in it at all which struck me as really bizarre seeing as they look like like they share they look like they share the same sort of camera chassis but hey i i changed because there was when i got this one there was literally no foam in it and the first roll that i shot through it was covered in light leaks so i said okay i had a look for a foam uh, a light seal kit on i think i looked on ebay and i looked in there's a there's a website that's offhand i can't remember it is, but they specialize apparently in rico 500 series seals and i looked at them and they were ridiculous money for what just looked like foam so i went out and i bought some just very thin um foam and cut my own and touch wood so far it's been absolutely fine so there we go that's the Reefco 500g and a very poor review of it but like i said i wasn't going to be doing a review of it so there you go toby i'm going to wrap that up in some bubble wrap and what's the date today today's monday the 20 no sorry sunday the 26th that'll be hopefully going in the post tomorrow or tuesday and winging its way to you right so what's next with it being monday the 26th of january that must mean that tomorrow is no sunday the 26th that must mean tomorrow is monday the 27th and that means it's 127 day again so 127 day fell back in december as well um coincidentally on my birthday uh, which was the 7th of the 7th of december so 7th of the 12th 127 and tomorrow is god i forget how this works out the 27th of the first so one January 27, 27, 127. Anyway, what does that mean? That means it's an excuse to go out and shoot some 127. And that was great fun when I did it back in December. Um, I think I've only got one, I think I've only got one working 127 camera as I look through the shelves at the moment. Can't see anything else, it's instantly obvious. And this is the one that I used last time. This is a, just a simple brownie 127 box camera. Now it's one of the I'll post a picture of it on the on the Instagram page. It's not a box camera as I would sort of instantly think of a box camera, as in it's not a cuboid box. It's a more sort of Art Deco square one. Can't remember if these were like the sort of 1970s models, but it's got no sort of sharp edges. It's all it's all round like a little bubble, and it's great fun to use. It's a point and shoot camera. There's literally nothing, literally nothing to set on it. The only sort of control that you have is the iso of the film you put in it and seeing as it's 127 film you've got very limited options on that now some i believe there is some 127 still being made um and i know that people will slit it down i know that andrew bartram's got one of those i can't remember the name of the company the camera hack one to 120 to one there a slitter basically that allows you to put a roll of 120 and it slits it down slits the film slits the backing paper down to 127 size which is cool he was out when we were out the other was that a few months ago or whatever he was out shooting his uh what was it a yashica 44 possibly and the yeah makes sense 4x4 127 tlr which is cool i'd really like one of them but they're uh, basically i 
can't swing to one at the moment. I don't have the need for one really. But awesome little cameras. But I'm going to be out shooting my Brownie 127. Now, tomorrow being a Monday means um, I'm teaching class until about quarter past 11, I believe. And I have to pick one of the boys up from nursery at one o'clock. So that leaves me one hour and three quarters to shoot a roll of 127. Now this camera, there's like, like 120, uh, 127, depending on the camera you get a different size, different size image. And this one shoots what would be four by six, I think. So it's a rectangular, like your six by nine in a 120, I suppose. Um, but I think it's eight shots that you get on the roll. So that shouldn't really take long. Um, I've got a plan of where I'm going to go. So for between where I work and my home, um, there's, well, not sort of directly between, but sort of just off the off the main road, um, you can head down to the beach. There's a place called Dunnage, um, which is quite a famous um, like seaside place around here. And there's a old priory, or friary, I forget what it is, ruins of something. It's called Greyfriars Friary, I think it is. I forget. But that's where I'm going to go. It looks pretty cool. And I shot some pinhole there a few weeks back, which was which was quite good. I took the 120 WPC out there. So I'm going to go and shoot this one roll of 127 around that around those ruins and hopefully have some cool pictures to show from it. Okay, that's about it for this segment. I'm going to go and collect my thoughts and then come back and then we'll talk about something else. Cheers. And let's carry on. So, just uh, what I didn't mention with that last segment about 127 Day was the film that I'm actually going to be shooting. So, last 127 Day, I shot a roll of Kodak Vericone Pan um, that was expired, I don't know, somewhere around the 60s, I think, something like that, maybe the 70s, can't really remember. Um, simply because I have a, a little stash of 127 film in the fridge. Um, most, I think a fairly sort of even mix between colour and black and white, but I'm not really doing colour at the moment, that's not my thing. And I'd heard that this, that Verochrome Pan is basically indestructible, and if there's any expired film that you're likely to still get a decent result from, that would be the one. And so I shot it, and as I said, the camera's got no, um, like, manual controls of any description on it, so shooting it anything other than box speed was out of the question and it was fortunately a sunny day so Verochrome pan at least the Verochrome pan I use I don't know if it varied at all but was um, 125 ISO 125 so that was what it was shot out on a sunny day and the pictures all came out the ones where that was bright sunny all came out there was a couple where shooting into the shadows didn't reveal very much so it's obviously a sunny sunny day type film it was developed in Caffin or CL, so that's um, stand developing for, I think, I've done it for 60 minutes or 90 minutes, I can't remember. I used to do everything for 90 minutes, but I've since started doing everything at 60 minutes, and it seems to come out exactly the same. So if you look on my personal Instagram, if you're interested to see the pictures, um, which is Neil underscore Piper, you'll see some of the pictures on there um, back in, that was sometime before Christmas, that I posted those so you can have a look there um, so for this one two seven day um, I was wondering what I was going to do film wise and actually having a rifle around I found another 
box of Veracrem pan. This one here is dated expiry September 1977, so that's what 43 odd years past its expiry date. Um, and I have every every hope that it's going to be. Actually, I'm fully confident this is going to be good. I shot uh, a few months back now. I shot a roll a roll of well, a cartridge of 126 Veracrem pan same film and developed it in the same way Caffinor CL and that was absolutely fine as well so it would seem that like I say Veracrank pan is absolutely bulletproof and really good stuff um, hopefully I'll be able to grab some more of that off off eBay or whatever so that's what I've loaded um, loaded that into my brand new 127 and that's what I'm gonna be shooting tomorrow so just to jump back to that so the only other thing really that I want to talk about today is you remember last last show um, I rather embarrassed and awkwardly put out the fact that I've set up a coffee account or a coffee account, whatever the hell, we'll just call it coffee account. Um, so that if any of you guys wanted to donate to the show, um, then the option, the option was there. And I genuinely didn't think anyone would donate, but some people have, and I just want to say thank you to those guys. Um, so in no, no particular order, um, I just wanted to thank Ben Mills from Hip Shoot Film, uh, Corey Cannon, from the Lenses podcast and Andrew Bartram for also from the Lenses podcast and the large format photography podcast. Dave Falco, thank you very much, pal. Jess Lance and Mark Interente. Um, sorry, Mark, I'm not familiar with you on social. I uh, hope I got your name right. Interente, Mark Interente. So all you guys, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, God bless Matt, really, that you actually presumably like the show enough to donate some of your hard-earned money um to the coffee account i can't thank you enough really that's really awesome um yeah so with regards to the the coffee account um a couple of people did ask like whether whether i'd be adding the option to set up like recurring donations so one of the so you have to you you have your coffee account which is free you're free to set up um People like those lovely guys that I just mentioned donate, and then that goes to PayPal um, for me to then withdraw and spend on the show. Now, PayPal take a little bit of a cut of that, which I didn't realise beforehand, but it's only a few pence per, per pound or whatever. That's fine. Um, but if you want to, with coffee, with coffee, Kofi, whatever, if you want to upgrade <clears throat> to what they call like a gold membership, which I think costs like $6 a month or £6 a month or whatever, you can then set up recurring donations um so you could say yeah i want to pay this show one cup of coffee which i think is three quid every every month and they just do it automatically which is cool but i haven't i haven't set that up because frankly i don't think anyone is going to want to do that um and at the end of the day yeah it costs six bucks or six quid or whatever it is a month so i don't want to be out of pocket basically paying for my coffee account so that's that's where it stands at the moment so yeah right now no no plans to set up recurring donations just because i don't think it'll be necessary so that's about all we've got for today's show thanks again to those guys mark ben corey andrew jess and dave your top people thank you very much so let's just sign this off um you can Email the show if you like, sootandwhitewash at gmail.com. Um, you can also, if you want, send us a audio call-in through the Anchor app or audio call-in through any way you want. Just send it to the email address I just mentioned. 
Instagram, we are Soot and Whitewash on Instagram, and we actually now have a Twitter feed. So if you head over to Twitter, and you can't just search for, or you can probably just search for Soot and Whitewash. I'm sure that'll sure that'll come up. But if you can tell, I'm just stalling here because when I set it up, I originally wanted just at Soot and Whitewash, but apparently that's uh, that's too long. That's one too many letters too long is uh, at Soot and Whitewash. So if you just have a look for at Soot Whitewash, you'll find find us on Twitter. Um, it'll probably be fairly similar to the stuff that's going on Instagram, but if you're not an Instagram fan and you're a Twitter fan, feel free to give us a, a follow along there. I think that's about it. Uh, thanks to uh, Kevin McLeod for the audio that I sign in and out of the show with each week. And I think that's it. You can look at you can follow me, sorry, Neil underscore Piper on Instagram. And if there's anything I've forgotten, we'll get to that next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.